Capitalism creates war. Rich people get off without paying their taxes. Patents, monopolies, all this kind of stuff. We still have homeless people, the drug war. It's all capitalism to blame. Welcome to episode 128 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samroff. I want to talk about what I see as a particularly pernicious type of argument against free market. Well, the argument is pernicious. I think most people who make the argument really believe it. But it is getting annoying to me, and you've probably experienced it before. I've given it a name. I call it the lefty fallacy. And what the lefty fallacy is, is can look at shortcomings of the system that we live under, the world we live in, and say, this is what capitalism does, without teasing out the cause and effect of what causes those shortcomings, which would be fine, and then using the identification of those shortcomings to attack the free market. Now, the problem with this is we don't live in a free market. These phenomena that are pointed to almost always are caused by state interventions into the free market. The people who make these arguments will even admit that the state is involved, the state is in bed with big business or the military industrial complex or the pharmaceutical industrial complex or anything like that. But they will lay the blame at capitalism by defining it very vaguely. That would be okay if when they attack capitalism, they attack the vaguely defined capitalism or they attack the features of this capitalism which they're talking about that cause these problems, but they don't. They use the existence of these problems to attack the very foundation, which is a market economy. So because we have this really corrupt market, which has tons of state interventions in it, and as I say again and again, the Sunlight Foundation showed that for the 100 most politically active companies in 2012, something like they got $741 in kickbacks for every $1 spent lobbying, which means that those companies, it's worth it for them to lobby government rather than to serve their customers. But that's not a free market. So if you say, look at this capitalism, these people get these big handouts from government and then use that as a pretext for attacking the free market, rather than saying, well, why should we just remove the power of government to give kickbacks to big businesses, then you're basically committing the lefty fallacy. And I got an image here, type into Google, the absurd contradictions of capitalism by liberationnews.org. And it's an image with a bunch of different features. One of them is there are 22 empty house homes for every homeless person, 18.4 million empty homes, 842,000 homeless in a given week. Now, I don't know if that's true in America, but even supposing it is true, I've written at length on the restrictions in the housing market and how much government intervention into the housing market has pushed up the price of housing. So is Ryan McMacken at the Mises Institute. He's written at length on it. On a free market, if housing is in demand, people will find a way to 
provide it cheaply. In fact, you can look up on Reason TV, they did a little feature about some guy who made these tiny little houses for homeless people and the state came in and got rid of them. They were affordable, they had electricity and um, the state came in and got rid of them. Oh, but that's capitalism, of course. The thing is, it's the intervention into the free market that has caused the towering prices of housing, including printing money all the time, including um, all, all, the, all the restrictions on who can build where and when. And then the free market gets blamed. This is the lefty fallacy. Um, it says percentage of millionaires, 50% in Congress, 1% in the United States. Now, I don't understand how that contradiction of capitalism, you could say this is a contradiction of our democratic system, of our democratic process. I don't think it's a contradiction, it's just disproportionate. Okay, you live in a plutocracy where the people who go into Congress are the richest people of all. But how is that a contradiction of capitalism? Is democracy capitalism? I thought uh, I thought you were these were the people calling for more democracy. Whatever the problem is, more democracy can fix it. Okay, poverty. More than twenty percent. Right. What is what passes for poverty in the United States is often having two cars. I don't mean to diminish it, but I'm just saying you could you could soon look at the poverty in non-capitalist countries and non-market economies compare it to the poverty in America and America would come out pretty good. That being said, there's lots of things that cause poverty that are nothing to do with capitalism. For example, paying people to be poor. That's the government. The government does that. For example, you're not allowed to import goods and services from some of the poorest countries in the world. If you could, you'd be able to get a lot cheaper goods and services and that would bring people out of poverty. Printing money, that devalues your savings. It puts people into poverty. We could go on and on on the number of government interventions that have increased the amount of poverty. But if you vaguely de define whatever we have as capitalism, then it's capitalism's fault. That would be okay if you use that to attack what we have. But you don't use it to attack what we have. You use it to attack the free market. In the richest country in the world, 49 million in poverty plus 97 million near poor. 146 million, half the population of the US. Well then, why are people wanting to come from all over the world to live in the USA? If the poverty is so damn bad in the USA, how come people from all over the world want to live there? Especially in from countries that are less capitalist. We, workers produce more than ever, but wages are stagnant. Okay, first of all, wage stagnation is to a large degree a myth. Don Boudreau, the economy, has written about that. The amount of benefits that people get for working, many of them government mandated, are far higher than they were in, say, 1970-whatever, when they say that wages have been stagnating since. In addition to that, when you compare what you pay for a TV now, for a TV that you'd buy in 1970, you're getting a completely different machine. $87 will get you a flat screen TV. This laptop, um, the iPhone, all of these things are technologies that were unheard of in 1970s, and you can buy them with a standard wage, on, on a pretty normal wage. So that um, idea 
that living standards have declined or stayed stagnant since the 70s is fallacious. That being said, there are a ton of government interventions into the economy which have favoured stagnating standards of living. For example, printing money. For example, patent laws on medications and more broadly on technology and things like that, uh, which retard the development of technologies and prices coming down by granting exclusive monopolies to certain providers. If you look at most of the goods and services in society, they've come down in pricing relative to inflation. I mean, but house prices, education, providing education and providing healthcare have increased. And funnily enough, these are the sectors of society where the government is most involved. We have um, here in the UK socialised healthcare, but no, that's capitalism. The rising price of education, oh no, that's capitalism. What is your definition of capitalism? It seems to be whatever I don't like is capitalism. And the, whatever I don't like in the current system is capitalism, but it's the free market that's always to blame for this, right? This one, the US has 5% of the world's population, but 25% of the world's prisoners. How is that to do with capitalism? Are the drug laws a product of capitalism? Surely capitalism would be legalizing drugs so that greedy corporations could make a profit from selling them. But no, that's capitalism. Uh, the racist criminal justice system, one in 15 black men behind bars, one in 35 Latino men behind bars, one in 105 white men behind bars. Now, it's a popular talking point to go on the alt-right well, if you look at it, black and Latino people commit more crimes than white people do. Um, and that's true. But even when you take in the proportion of crimes um, committed by African Americans, African Americans are disproportionately in prison. And they're also disproportionately given longer sentences for the same crimes as white people are. So it is a racist criminal justice system, whether you like it or not, on the alt-right. But, you know, that's the government. The government, <laughs> you know, the government paying the, the black, as you've probably known from listening to Thomas Sowell, the black family was more intact. The black family had less single parenthood than white households before affirmative action and the welfare state paid black people to be poor, paid black people not to stay with the husband of their children. That's the government. That's created a crisis, a cultural crisis of single parenthood, right? We know the minimum wage laws disproportionately affect people with low skills. And since African-Americans disproportionately have low skills, the minimum wage job disproportionately harms African-Americans. That's government. That's not capitalism. Unless you take this very broad definition of capitalism, which is whatever we have. But if you're going to do that, could you at least not be so lazy as to not tease out the cause and effect of what causes these social conditions so that we can target the actual causes of them, not this vague, evil capitalism. How are tax dollars are spent? You can look up this meme. 
if you want to if you want to raise your blood pressure again it's called the absurd contradictions of capitalism just google it scottish liberty podcast now has patreon yes i've embraced the dark side please go to patreon forward slash scottish liberty podcast and support the show i want to do big things with the show but I have other commitments as well and I need to choose what to prioritize. So if you think what we're doing here is valuable, please put your money where your mouth is and I'll be consulting you on what bonus content you want for your donation. How our tax dollars are spent and it just shows that tons, tons and tons of hundreds of millions are spent on military and war compared to health, housing and education. Well, you know, Okay, the government's giving whatever 700 billion away to the military industrial complex. That's got nothing to do with the free market. So why don't you use it as an assault on state power rather than assault on the free market? Why is it why are you framing it in that way? So this is a persistent effort to conflate state actions with the free market and then use their existence to wage war on the free market. I call it the lefty fallacy. You can popularize the term. What exactly is their definition of capitalism? Whatever I don't like about the current system is capitalism. Spending on weapons in the drug war aren't features of the market. Um, things like state interventions into the market create housing bubbles um, and the ridiculous. Because at the same time, more people own their houses then are looking to buy a house. So the government doesn't stand to gain from letting house prices fall uh, because that's not how they bribe the electorate to vote for them. So I find this infuriating, this constant drive to identify features of the current system and blame lazily on evil capitalism. Why not tease out the cause and effect? Why not look to the fact that the government is basically omnipotent and corporations have more to gain from lobbying that omnipotent government than serving their customers. If the, if the government didn't have the power to intervene in this way, the only thing corporations could do to make a profit is serve their customers, spend more on advertising, spend more on research and development, uh, market research to find out what people want and provide that to the people on mass. That's how they would have to make a profit. Instead, what is the solution that's proposed to this by the left? More government power. What we need to do is give more power to the government, more power to regulate, or maybe we need to get rid of the market economy altogether and institute central planning. If you're watching live and you've got any more examples of these lefty fallacies, um, please point them out. So the, the interesting, so what, this thing about more government as a solution to the abuses of capitalism which are caused by more government at least the ones that they've pointed out maybe there maybe there are maybe there are some contradictions that are caused by the free market themselves if there are maybe there are some abuses caused by the free market itself let's see them why aren't you using those ones is it because you can't find any so the thing is with this this um more government power to solve problems caused by more government power. If you were a great doctor and someone comes into you and they're ill and unhealthy because of their lifestyle, right? Because they're un overweight, let's say. 
what do you do? Do you just prescribe them diet pills? Or do you say, look, you know, you need to take exercise, you need to stop eating this junk food, etc, etc. Uh, because if I give you these diet pills, and you continue with your lifestyle, you're just going to get other illnesses because your lifestyle causes other illnesses. If you do that, if you lose weight, if you get some exercise, if you get yourself sorted and you still have these health problems, then we'll see what medications we can give you um, for those, for those problems remaining, right? You take away the cause of the problem and then, then if you still have more problems, then maybe you prescribe something. So the rational thing to do would be to take away the problems caused by government and then if you still have un abuses, caused by government, then maybe you can intervene into the free market to solve, you know, the worst abuses of inequality or, or the, or, you know, tax the very rich to just make sure that there's a floor for the poorest people in society or whatever. I don't particularly agree with that. I don't, I don't agree it's necessary. I think that the market can solve those problems better than government interventions can. However, if you're going to take the position that government is needed to sol solve social problems, in a, in a car capitalist system. Can you first start with getting the government out of the way when it's blatantly causing problems before, um, you know, as a surgeon, grabbing your scalpel and cutting? All medical interventions have side effects. All government interventions have unpredicted consequences and side effects. Um, and the annoying thing about this is, it's just a drive to slay the goose that lays golden eggs. You want to undermine the entire security of our society by your attack on the free market, your ideological attack on the free market. We can tell it's ideological because you're not pointing to phenomenon created by the free market, you're pointing to phenomenon created by government intervention, but you're blaming the free market. That's how we can tell that it's an ideological attack. But you're making an ideological attack on the goose that lays golden eggs. As we well know, countries like Singapore and Hong Kong were as poor as Africa at one point. 30 years later, they're two of the richest countries in the world. I mean, after 30 years, they became two of the richest countries in the world. And that's because they embra and embraced unbridled capitalism. They're, they're the most free market. Chile, least poor country in South America, the most free market. Estonia, the richest former Soviet Union colony, the most free market. There's your pattern emerging. Up until the 90s, economists thought India would never develop. They moved away from central planning towards huge free market reforms in 1991. Now people are moving out of poverty at an unprecedented rate. Similar situation in China. New Zealand basically had Bernie Sanders platform until the 90s, they liberalized their economy, they became more free market, not less, and they shot ahead in terms of living standards. Um, poor people in capitalist countries live in luxury compared to average and sometimes even rich people in socialist countries. So there's no evidence that socialism is going to solve these contradictions of capitalism. Central planning hasn't worked anywhere. And what I really find annoying about these ideological attacks on the free market under the name of pointing out problems that we have now, evil capitalism, is they're basically risking starving everyone to death for the revolution. So I could understand why people held these opinions under Bush, 
definitely under Thatcher and Reagan because not everyone had access to the information that we do now. And you can actually see, you can actually see the rise in living standards across the world. I believe um, it was recently quoted that we're looking at the end of poverty well, worldwide by what what um by by 2030 so so that's that's a thing like like i know i know one people will come up with is is sweatshops abroad so just in case you've shared this maybe we should talk a little bit about that because oh the only thing that the capitalists have done is that they've moved the the sweatshops abroad and um that's how they've kept wages low here Etc. Okay, this idea that um, we've just exported the poverty abroad, uh, which you will come up against. Well, uh, I think that sweatshops aren't ideal, and some and oh, sorry, that, that'll sound like a weird thing to say. But you know, some libertarians will go and say, uh, "Oh, they're great because they're taking people out of poverty." I wouldn't go that far. Um, the thing is, because the part of the reasons why there's still so many of them, bear in mind, all of Europe was a sweatshop um, under the Industrial Revolution. And we've come to this point where very few people work in poor conditions and no one works in as poor conditions. The poor countries can industrialize a lot faster than we can because we've already in invented the technology. The reason why they've not done so already, again, is government. A lot of the time, people are still getting paid a lot less in those countries than they would be in a free market because there's severe restrictions in who can operate in places like Indonesia. But, but, but still, in spite of that, um, very few countries have seen as much a drop in poverty as Cambodia and Bangladesh have seen over the last 25 years or so. Um, yes, there's yes, there's still a lot of problems. There's still a lot of poverty, but it's going in the right direction. You can look at the graphs. The thing is, in Cambodia, you know, an individual might end up making around seventy-five cents a day scavenging through trash in the boiling hot sun, but they'll get two dollars a day in a sweatshop. That's not an ideal long-term option. But the thing is, it's their least worst option. And what I want to say is, if there weren't restrictions in the movement of labor of capital into those countries, then the wages would rise a lot faster because all, lots more companies would say, oh, that's a place to get really cheap labor. We'll send our factories in there and take advantage of the cheap labor. Ancillary firms crop up around those foreign industries to supply them, bringing technology, investment skills people there get skills that they wouldn't have otherwise when they get those jobs and the economy develops then when that country isn't the poorest country in the world yet some of the factories up and leave to what is the poorest country in the world but that's not a bad thing that means that the capital is going where to wherever the need is the most dire the, so just think about it if you were really malnourished right the world is malnourished wherever there is poverty wherever there isn't poverty it's well nourished the blood is going to the parts of the body the extremities that need the nourishment the most and the blood is the free flow of markets if there's clotting in the blood then it's hard for the nutrients to get to the cells and it takes a longer time for those poor places to get nutrition to to get taken out of poverty sweatshops sometimes 
Uh, I think it was Ben Powell who investigated them and found out that actually the typical wage is three to six times the pay on offer elsewhere in the uh, in the country. So people want to go to those. Um, Cambodia has cut poverty in half and the number of extremely poor people in Bangladesh has fallen from 44 to 26 million in the last 10 years. So the solution to sweatshop labor is to open those countries markets up, make it easy to start a business there. A lot of places in Africa, it might take 36, 18 to 36 months to get a license to open a business and then you need to bribe the police. The, your property rights aren't secure. The government can take it off you at any time. And that makes it difficult. That makes it difficult to make growth happen. But you can barely blame that on capitalism or the free market when clearly it's restrictions on the free market that are stopping development. We know, we know what the formula is to get people out of poverty. And so far it hasn't proven to be socialism. So thank you for tuning in and just point out when someone's committing the lefty fallacy.